can find your purpose when you can light someone up in a way that is so positive. So whatever that is for you, you have to lean into that, but don't expect it to come right away. And maybe you can't, maybe you can't afford to give away an item or money, but you could find a way to give your time. That's something very purposeful. And having that around something that you're passionate about, I think is really key, uh, both to continue doing it long-term and to have the energy to keep going. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to your favorite podcast, talking about career, your money, and where we learn from people that have done amazing things. I'm your host, wealth manager, Lee Michael Murphy, and I'm alongside interview coach, Sergio Patterson. What is up, everyone? And everyone's favorite attorney, Matthew McElroy. What's going on? <laughs> Welcome into a business and thought leader edition of the Free Retiree Show. But to start it off, Matt, Father tips for desperate parents that need a parental tips. This is like the new part of our segment, Matt. Baby, how old now? Six weeks. Just Six a little weeks? over a month. Yeah. Any advice for the listeners? <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I'm still drowning right now. Just trying to <laughs> recoup sleep. <laughs> I mean, I think Sergio would be the better for advice. He's a, he's a couple steps ahead of me. I, I no, I totally agree. I just love hearing the things that you say about parenting. Just entertaining. <laughs> yeah, I'm still figuring it out. You know what I mean? The new is, uh... <laughs> I, I do not envy you, Matt, going through that diaper stage. No, but to, to be honest, he's a very chill baby. So much more low maintenance than uh, his brother, but <laughs> or so far anyway. We're only we're very new into the game, but yeah, so far so good. The only thing, uh, sleep, no sleep. Well, Matt, I am ecstatic to hear that you have not lost the baby and he's not crawling around somewhere in San Martin, California. So we are all, you are all defying the, you're defying the odds right now. So thank you for tuning in to Free Retiree Show. For all of you guys that have listened to us before, we're all about excelling in your career, growing your wealth so you can live the life you want to live. One thing that we have noticed in doing this podcast and interviewing the great people that we've had on this podcast there seems to be this correlation between success and people that have their passion and their purpose figured out. So guys, we've been doing the podcast for a while. We've got to interview some amazing people and we both work in the corporate world. We all work in the corporate world. What, if, what are some of the key advantages that you guys see that people that have their passion and purpose figured out and how is that impacting their lives versus the people that might not have it figured out? Yeah, I can start. Something I've noticed in Silicon Valley, I think a lot of people tie their self-worth to how they're doing at their job. And Absolutely. Like, right? It's like, how am I doing my performance review or whatever? So I've noticed that those people are less fulfilled. It's not always about like how your manager thinks you're doing or whatever. But once you figure out what you were kind of meant to do, that's when I think the next level stuff happens. And me personally, I'm still trying to figure that out. I don't think a lot of people don't have that figured out. But yeah, I, th I think like for the listeners, don't take your job so seriously to the point where it's like impacting everything else. What's more important is like how you're impacting the world. That's how I see it. Yeah. Maddie? That's a great answer. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I, I totally agree with what Sergio said. I mean, you, there's nothing wrong with not having it figured out yet. You know what I mean? And there's so many people that are still, I mean, I didn't have it figured out until I was closer to my 30s. And now I'm in it and it's like, it's just, it, 
for those people that like to answer Lee's question directly, for those people that are, you know, doing what they're passionate about and, and it's, I think that those people, they're probably not where they want to be immediately when they start doing, you know, what they're passionate about, but they see the long game. They see that this is where I need to be to get to where I want to be. And because they, you know, are passionate about what they're doing, it's, it's more, they get more joy out of their job. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I think it's just that people that have that passion purpose, like they're excited about their job, but they don't feel like they're working themselves to death. They don't hate it. Obviously, every job, even the ones you like has challenges, but people that seem to have that, they just seem to have a bit more joy. And my experience and what I've seen is they just seem to go a bit further when they have that figured out. And for people that are confused on passion versus purpose, I always describe it as, you know, Passion is what the world gifts. You find it. You find like, I love that. The world's presented me with this and this is fantastic. And I feel like purpose is more like what you can gift to the world, sharing your time, your talent, your treasure, whatever it is to make the world better. Yeah, it really gives you like a sense of fulfillment. And so I think when you get those two working together, amazing things happens in your life. That's what I've just seen observing people that we've been able to work with and have on this podcast. And today we have a fantastic guest. He fits this description. His name's Brian Burke. He's the CEO of sellyourmac.com. So sellyourmac.com is the number one trading company in the industry for Mac products. And they've been recognized in the top 5,000 fastest growing private companies in the United States. Brian's also been a TED Talk speaker. He's talked about the positive impact of gifting computers to underserved communities and students. And he's a big advocate for this. And so I'm a major fan of his. And just he's a great interview because all these things that we're talking about today, he embodies. He's been able to find his passion. He's been able to find purpose. And obviously, he's become amazingly successful at it. So we're really excited to bring him on. We're going to take a quick break. But before you do so, make sure you smash that like button, share us. We appreciate all that love you're giving us. And if you have a question, career related, financial related, legal related, or even a question for Brian, make sure you send them to ask at thefreeretiree.com. We'll take a quick break. When we're back, we're going to be sitting down with CEO Brian Burke. Into the free retiree show. We're sitting down with the one, the only Mac Man, Mac Daddy, Brian Burke. Brian, how you doing? <laughs> hey, thanks for that awesome intro. I love everything you guys are talking about. Passion and purpose are so key, and I cannot wait to dive in more. Yeah, man, we're we are so excited to have you on. So, hey, I gave the listeners a little bit about your background. Why don't you tell the listeners uh, about what your company does? SellerMac.com is very easy to understand. We help people buy and sell their Apple devices. So typically when people are upgrading, they have an old device they can sell and do not put it in your drawer and closet. Cash it in now before it loses value. So that's what we help people do. If you go to our website, you can use my personal promo code MacMan. I'll give you a nice little bonus. And the flip side of our business is we sell very affordable Apple devices because we realize a lot of people don't need the latest and greatest and don't want to spend the money on a brand new device. So our sister company, RenewedMax.com, is your go-to spot for anything affordable. What sparked it for you way back 15? How did it start? 
my initial start as an entrepreneur was buying and selling stuff on the sidewalk when I was back in grade school. And that transitioned quickly to the stock market when I was a teenager. So Lee and I were talking earlier about how I got my start trading stocks. And that kind of led to my inclination to start flipping more things. And in college, I was selling, selling a lot of cell phones. But when we talk about passion, I was not passionate about the cell phone itself. It really was my love for Apple that pushed me to pivot into my business I have now, SellerMac.com. So as soon as I realized I needed to focus on my passion to keep my extended battery going throughout my workday, uh, it's been uh, truly a great ride from there. And it's amazing when you're when you're passionate about something, you can work you know so much harder without feeling drained. So I mean, back in the day, I was working until 4 a.m. every night, and I can't do that anymore because I have three little kids at home. But it's a lot of fun, and the business keeps on growing. You are indeed the Apple fanboy. Like you, that I think that's what you're known for. Like you are like the number one <laughs> Apple fan, right? Like would you would you say that you have never met anyone that's a bigger fan of Apple than you are? I can't wait to meet them. I go to Apple's campus. I definitely meet people that have that insane passion, but no one maybe exudes it quite the same way. I, I, I bleed blue. I bleed Apple. Hey, did you really name your daughter Macintosh? <laughs> my son, my latest son, who's two you months old. You named him Mac. So, so his nickname's Mac, I assume? He's, you just call him Mac? Yeah, Mac. He's the Mac baby, and I'm the Mac Pams. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think you can beat that. That's where's the title of number one fan of Apple. I mean, <laughs> thank you. I can't believe my wife agreed. It's amazing. <laughs> Talk to us about the blue suit and the blue bow tie. What's behind that? Honestly, it helps me communicate my passion. It really gets the conversation going. I first realized it when I was at a business event and there was a guy in an orange suit. His name is Tim Reddig. He runs a company called Intrust IT. And when he was up there on the podium, I really spoke to me how, how bright it was that it helped him communicate how passionate he was about his own business. So I shortly after that, I got this blue suit and I went to a IT conference and people were just coming up to me to start their conversations and just saying how cool the blue suit was. So it was just an instant way to kind of gain trust and start the conversation in a fun way. And from there, it just kept on going. And now if I'm on a podcast or social media, I try to show up in my blue suit every single time. And at this point, it's a great branding tool that people just know me by. If you're scrolling through the LinkedIn feed, for example, you, you see a blue background, well, that's going to be me. So I try to make it happen as much as I can. Yeah, listen, you guys can't see this because we're podcast, but he is wearing this bright blue suit. He looks fly. He's looking fly. He's looking fresh. <laughs> but like blue bow tie right now, blue blazer. I mean, I've seen the pictures. I did not expect to get this sort of treat on our podcast. So like, I didn't think we would be graced with this blue suit, but we got it. So I'm pumped. So thank you, man. We're going to have to share a screenshot. Somewhere. Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll put it out there. We'll definitely put it out there. But this love you say you have for Apple, like, can you dive deep into that? Like, how did you get this love for Apple? Like, I want to understand a little bit more about that. It probably kicked off when I got my first Apple computer back in grade school and I realized how much easier they were to use compared to the PCs, you know, at, at the at the normal school. So I started learning a lot about the Mac. I actually had a computer teacher back then and it was a really great way to develop my skills. And I started like teaching the computer class basically in elementary school at that point. And throughout the years, I just been leaning into computers and technology and Apple is so much easier to use across our ecosystem. And I can't imagine having a device from 10 different companies and trying to get them to all work, work correctly together. 
So that that you know drives my love for it. And I love sharing about my love for Apple. So I just can't help but put it out there constantly. And the fact that I wanted to start a technology business, there was no better company to get behind than Apple. They have a, a great following and a great resale value. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you had this love for the business, but then you started your own. And so explain how that happened. I want to understand like how you came up with this idea, this amazing idea, but how did you even like, how this even come up in your mind that this could be a way to make money? And I mean, did you ever think it would be where it is today? I always wanted to be a major company, but I never knew I'd be at where I'm, where we are currently. We're a 10 million revenue company right now. Uh, so it's been a fun ride to get there. I would say I had, I've always envisioned doing something like this and just being an entrepreneur. But I also want to start so many companies because it's hard sometimes to hold your passion just to one thing. And I'm passionate at LinkedIn and cooking and kids. So trying to do more things to kind of highlight my, my passions and love across those. You mentioned uh, cooking. Like what? Yeah. Like what's next? You mentioned cooking. There's lots of other passions. Like you have, I'm sold. Like this suit, like I want to go on your website right now and just sell something, right? Like I'm assuming this, you can do whatever you want, right? It sounds like you have that energy, that passion. Like what's the next exciting thing you want to get into? My next thing is something I just started a few months ago, and that's LinkedIn consulting and masterclasses. So I just started formally traveling around now as a Visage certified speaker, talking to a bunch of CEO groups and helping them really optimize and level up their LinkedIn experience. So that's been really fun for me. I'm working on a book right now and a course about LinkedIn. And I have so many future business ideas. I feel like I start a new company every two years or so and trying to find one that I you know, can be successful at and passionate is kind of the intersection for me. So from here with my link, growing LinkedIn audience, maybe starting a cooking show or something like that, that's just something I just love to do. And I like making art on the plate and people seem to love the food photos, whether it's on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. So I probably do it across all the networks. That's awesome. What's your favorite food to cook? One of my favorite foods is a filet with a port wine sauce reduction. And it takes about four hours to make the sauce. So if you go on Amazon, you can buy one of these little automatic stirs that'll stir your plate around and you reduce down some good port wine and butter and sugar. And that just creates the most ridiculous sauce. And if anyone out there hasn't had a cast iron pan before, you have to cook your steaks on a cast iron to get a really nice flavor. Well, it seems like you're gonna have uh, you're gonna have an awesome career outside of the Mac business. Uh, future future five star Michelin chef, I, I can see it now. Um, going back, so we we're talking about the secret behind your passion and purpose. For you, do you have any advice to the listeners on how you went about like really nailing those down? Like, was there a certain process that you went through or things that you tried to end up where you're at now? The way you described the purpose earlier of something that you've kind of been given, I, I definitely align with that. Like, I feel like I've just been passionate about computers and technology kind of from the get-go. So it was natural for me to find that with Apple. But then finding my purpose, I think, took some time. When I first started Cellular Mac, I was doing some gifting, but you know, not that much. And I couldn't afford to. So I think now one of my most purposeful things is our trading for a purpose. And that is something that our company does to help gift computers to people all around the world, especially underserved students. And that, I mean, it brings tears to my eyes when I go do these gifting experiences. And when you, 
you, you can find your purpose when you can light someone up in a way that is so positive. So whatever that is for you, you have to lean into that, but don't expect it to come right away. And maybe you can't, maybe you can't afford to give away an item or money, but you could find a way to give your time. That's something very purposeful. And having that around something that you're passionate about, I think is really key, uh, both to continue doing it long-term and to have the energy to keep going. Was it always in the back of your mind of, that you wanted to be giving this back? Or did that was that like a light bulb that came on somewhere in the middle of the journey? I think people started asking for it, that they'd be like, can I get a Mac for free uh, type thing? And at some point, I couldn't do that. But as I realized how people really need these devices, and how much it can help them. And once you, you know, do it a couple of times and you see the success that someone can have with a single device... That was kind of the light bulb moment for me. One computer can change someone's life. And I've been so fortunate uh, you know, to grow up in a good household and have access to technology. Most people um, around the world might not be able to get a computer. So that was something huge for me. Let's give, let's give back as much as we can to help these students succeed and to ensure that they're going to be able to find a job and a career and not, you know, not be going to the library on a snowy day to have to type a paper and not be able to use YouTube and TED Talks and podcasts like this to learn from. And there's so much free content out there now. If you just get some of the device, they can basically learn anything they want. Yeah, that's awesome. It, it looks like, it sounds to me like this is your helping like underserved youth as your purpose as I'm looking at your, your LinkedIn, shout out to LinkedIn, your, your profile. And you're like a board member on a professional leadership network. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? That looks like you're doing some really cool work. Lots of money, helping lots of people. What's that all about? The biggest nonprofit I'm a part of is called Adopt-A-Class. And in that organization, we do group business mentoring. I actually was in the classroom yesterday. So we adopted a second grade classroom. And it's a lot about showing the kids a new way that they might not have met these types of business mentors before in their neighborhoods. And they don't know what success necessarily looks like. So just meeting business people and just talking to them about business and life and things like how to shake a hand or just how to look someone in the eye and show respect, for example, but can be a big thing for these kids. And hopefully just a little bit of guidance and staying in touch with them over the years will help them along their career track. So that's something I'm very passionate about. That's awesome. Do you tell them all to wear bright blue suits and bow ties? <laughs> Tip number they one. thought I was hilarious yesterday. Yesterday was our first visit of the year with this group. And they're like, who is this blue guy? <laughs> <laughs> and they all, some of them had blue shoes on. They're like, look at my blue shoes. So they, they thought it was awesome. And of course, I wasn't all blue when I showed up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So very cool. one thing I want to like get a little, dive a little bit deeper into is the gifts of purpose and like what it brings to someone's life. So I think for a lot of people, for I think a majority of people working, they're struggling just to be passionate about what they're doing. I think that is a massive feat. Just to get to that point where you're like, I love what I do. I love going to work. This lights me up. That's really rare. I think that's a challenge in itself. But then you take it one step further, right? I, I feel it's very rare to find people that have got that purpose part in what they're doing and they're giving back and making the world a better place. Can you give us a little bit of insight into like w what it feels like and like the difference between when you were just, you found something you were passionate about. And then when you made this jump, like you, now you're more living like a purposeful life. Like what's the difference for a lot of people? I mean, it's, let's be honest. I think it's, you've reached an elite level that a lot of people wish they could get to, 
and haven't been there. So why don't you give us a little bit of a glimpse of like how it's impacted your life? I still want to do a lot more, but I'll try to go back and, and give the impact there. I would say when I you know first started out and you had the passion, it's more just about making money as you start your business and being profitable to keep it going. But then when you hit the purpose stage, you feel differently when you wake up in the morning and you're just have more energy, frankly. And that really does, you know, help keep my positivity very high throughout the day. Even it doesn't have to be gifting computers. It's just helping people trade their devices in and get cash back so they can go do whatever they want with that money in their life, whether it's pay their rent or go out to dinner. So I, I think just by helping people in general, it creates a very positive energy flow for me. And that helps me give it back to my team. I like, you know, sending positive messages to my teammates and my friends and LinkedIn friends. So I think it, it allows me to just exude that everywhere I go. And if I wasn't doing that, I don't think I'd be able to stay up till crazy hours, you know, working at night to keep things going. So I, I encourage everyone to find something they can be passionate about. If it's not your current job, don't feel like you're stuck. It doesn't really matter how old you are. You can pivot and go find something you're passionate about. And ultimately, you can make that a success, um, even, if it takes, even if it takes some time to get there. You mentioned uh, positivity. Is that natural to you? Or is that something you have to be intentional about on the day-to-day basis with everything going on in the world? I think it's easy for us to complain, for us to kind of be the victim, right? Like, How do you maintain that positivity day in and day out? I would say I do just have an immense amount of positivity about me. And I frankly ignore the news. I don't watch the news. My only news is basically stock news and business. I don't want to watch anything out there going on because typically it's not helpful that reading the day-to-day headlines is not going to get you anywhere in life. So if you ignore that and put your energy into something good, it'll bring way more positivity around you. And uh, also having a lot of positive people in your life, connecting with entrepreneurs and business people like, like you guys and surrounding yourself with an amazing network like LinkedIn. It's funny, you don't have to meet these people, but just having thing that's really positive comments and love on there, it just creates immense amount of positive aura around me. My wife even makes fun of me sometimes about how much I care about that positivity over the internet, but it, it helps me as a person and I give it back. So that's really been a great thing for me in my life, and especially since COVID, because I just get so much energy from people but I am not able to go out quite as often as I would like to anymore. So Brian, I mean, you've obviously reached a really high level of success. What would you say is like, if you were to pick one you know, characteristic or attribute, what would you say is the one that, that led you to that high level? If you were to pick one thing. Probably persistence. There was a lot of times I could have given up with my business. But being very persistent with it, even when there was terrible things that had happened, we had a mega fraud that happened on my company and stuff like that. And we could just close the doors and you know, basically been bankrupt at the time. But I found a way to rally and borrow a little bit from friends and family and you know, keep going. And it was that combination of persistence and passion that allowed me to do that. How long did you, do you think you start to see the of the success, you know, from being an entrepreneur. Where how, how long do you, would you say that, that that time period was? I think in my second year, I saw it, but it was at a different level because I only had uh, you know one employee out of my apartment at the time. But I was doing very well for myself and making some just incredible deals and helping a lot of people. 
So I think I had success early on and that probably did help me keep going. I'd be tough, I think, to be in a business and be unprofitable for years, for example. So I'm I'm lucky I hit the the stride kind of to start, but every, I would say every single step of the way, you kind of have to find that, that new level to keep pushing through. And that's also a part of what keeps me going is knowing I can break through that next tier. No, definitely. And so, so when you started Sell Your Mac, you, you started it, you were started it in your apartment, right? Just pretty much grass. Yeah. And it wasn't even SellYourMac.com at the time, but it was the business that led into that. So yeah, I mean, it was basically just cell phones for the first year. And then the second year I started getting into some Apple. And then by the third year, it was like, all right, we're going 100% Apple on this and really focusing. So it just kind of evolved over yeah, time. Yeah, uh, you couldn't even see it in my two-bedroom apartment. It was so full of you know gadgets. There was in boxes and bins. I couldn't even eat dinner anymore because I didn't have a dining table. It was a, a work and Photoshop table, and uh, yeah, I could barely even sleep. <laughs> <laughs> no, see, that, I think that those are the kind of stories that are the, the best for our listeners because you know they're they're that's the stages they're about to enter, and that's the stages that maybe they're in currently right now, and they want to see that light. Yeah. And now they see you, they see the successful company, <laughs> blue suit, they see and everything's just awesome. But I think that initial struggle is, is so powerful and, and you're right. Persistence is it's kind of the name of the game, right? I'll tell you all the stages. In my first stage, I was three months in my parents' basement after college. And then they told me that I was cluttering up their basement <laughs> to a level they were not, not happy with. So they kicked me out of the house. <laughs> Then I went and got the, the two-bedroom apartment, and that lasted about a year and a half before it was breaking at the seams, and I was you know, borrowing storage space from the landlord. And then I moved to a house and worked out of the basement. So I had my whole basement uh, with five five team members at the time and operating out of uh, and then living on the, the main floor. And then we actually had a cease and desist come from the city and said I couldn't have more than one team member at my house. <laughs> One of my neighbors, I guess, didn't like all the UPS trucks, you know, coming to my house every day, dropping out boxes. So then we went to a uh, small warehouse that was about 2,500 square feet. And that lasted us about three years until we were busting at the seams there. And now we're in our current space, which is about 8,000 square feet and uh, currently 21 team members. And we've had to build rafters and all sorts of racking and stuff to keep growing in there. And I think one of the one of the key learnings maybe I would share, you know, with those different stages is you don't need to bite off something too big as an entrepreneur. You know, try to keep your expenses as low as you can at every point. And then when you do need, you know, that next step, you'll be ready to, to take it. Some great advice, man. Yeah. Great so, advice. So for your company, you guys are fixing up. Do you guys actually fix the products if they're broken and then sell them? You guys have that sort of expertise? We can fix them. We have a lot of techs on staff, and I would say maybe about 30% of items do have something that needs to be fixed, whether it's a battery or a hard drive or something like that. Um, and a lot of the items are just perfectly working. They're a five-year-old Mac that someone sold to get the latest M1 Pro Mac that just came out last week. And we'll, just, we'll wipe that. We'll do any kind of cleaning necessary on it and then go ahead and list it on one of our e-commerce websites. That's awesome. Have you found that Mac users uh, take better care of their products <laughs> than maybe some Windows They last users a are. long time. So I guess maybe it depends on how old they are. But in yeah. general, I think they take better care. And it usually depends on the source. If they came from a school, for example, not all the kids are very nice to their Apple products. But if they come from a business, usually they're in fairly good shape. How are, how are your guys' devices? Are they good? Yeah, I have a Mac. <laughs> I have one of the... Uh, remember like Emac? 
with the, like the, the big like round <laughs> the emac that makes a great fish tank yeah, right? it still works <laughs> no but it, literally i could i could plug it in and use it like today it's like 10 plus years old no issues i was oh. curious like so maybe some random play a game on it someday yeah. like, get an oregon trail going yeah that was such an awesome <laughs> game i love that game that was What's the competition like, Brian? I was thinking all the times I've sold my phone back to like Verizon or whoever. And now I'm thinking they just ripped me off because I'd like sell it to them and then I'd get the new phone and they're going to resell my device. They hooked you up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would say the competition is fierce and especially around phones. You know, this year, for example, carriers are offering more trading value than some of their retail prices of the original phone. They're offering like $800 like an old SE2 or something that someone only paid $600 for a brand new two, three years ago. And you can have a broken iPhone 10 and get $800 for it. You know, it's, it's crazy right now what some of the carriers are willing to do to kind of lock in some of these long-term uh, contracts and payments. And they only give you the money off per month. So it's not, they don't give you a lump sum. So I guess that's one of the key differences with competition out there is not everyone pays the same way. We're going to send you PayPal payment or a check. We're not going to tell you we're going to give you $10 a month for the next three years. So if you same with Apple, Apple has a, a great trading program, but they only do credit. You can't get cash. Mm. So it kind of depends what the user really needs. And there's more companies out that are offering money all of the time now for devices. And this is one of the reasons we focus a lot on the Macs in general is that it's not quite as competitive as the iPhone, iPad landscape where people are willing to make just a few dollars per device and just do massive volumes. So you guys don't do phones or the iPhone? We do. We just, we're not, we're not the number one payer in the world because we, we can't be. And you can go to oh, Verizon yeah, or Apple and they'll just they'll pay you more space. on a subsidized got scale. It, They're just giving it as a credit rather than just straight cash. Yeah. So it. like when people are giving their stuff, like just so, because now you got me curious. Like I think of all the old Apple products I got in the closets and the drawers that aren't just collecting dust. Like when people give that stuff to you guys. And losing and, money. And losing money. <laughs> uh, what sort of money do they get? And then on the flip side of it, what if someone's like, hey, man, I don't got the money to, to buy a computer, but I really need one. Like, what does that look like if they go to you guys? So obviously every single model in year has a different price. Just for example, let's pick like a six-year-old MacBook Pro 2015. You might get like $300 for that if you trade in with us. Wow. And then if you were to buy it, it may be $500 to buy it, for example. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, and it's just sitting in. I have we, one in my. We make right it now. super easy. I'll send you a label in a box, and we make it happen. There's really nothing to do besides slap the label on and hand it, hand it to your nearest FedEx, FedEx driver. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, Brian. Thanks for coming on, man. If people want to learn more about the company, how can they get that information? I would say just go to sellyourmac.com. And once you're on there, you also can buy products in, in the corner. There's a buy an Apple device button. And if you use my, my promo code MACMAN on either site, you'll get a bonus or a discount. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, th thanks for showing up, man. We appreciate everything you're doing. Like you are indeed like making the world a better place, helping out these kids and underserved communities. So salute to you, man. And hopefully our listeners learn something and we can all try to do what you're doing. So thank you so much for showing up. I'll help your listeners with their Apple products and on LinkedIn. Just hit me up. I'd love to help. Awesome. Thanks, Brian. Cheers, everyone. Thanks, Brian. You've been listening to The Free Retiree Show. So long for now.
securities offered through Securities America Incorporated. Member FINRA, www.finra.org. SIPC, www.sipc.org, a separate entity. Lee Michael Murphy is licensed for the California Department of Insurance, license 0H18660. Lee Michael Murphy is a investment advisor representative with Securities America Advisors, a registered investment advisor. The Free Retiree, Securities America Advisors, and Securities America Incorporated are separate entities. Career Advisor Sergio Patterson, Attorney Matt McElroy are not affiliated with Securities America Advisors or Securities America Incorporated. Securities America Advisors, Securities America Incorporated, and its representatives do not provide tax or legal advice. Therefore, it's important to coordinate with your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. The content heard in this podcast is not intended to be tax, investment, or legal advice and is intended as general guidance only. You should contact your own tax advisor, financial advisor, or attorney to answer questions about your specific situation or needs before acting upon this information. Third-party source information or comments are not verified, may not be accurate, and are not necessarily representative of all client or audience experience. A portion of this event was paid by a third party. The opinions of career advisor Sergio Patterson do not reflect the opinions of LinkedIn Incorporated or Microsoft Corporation. The opinions of attorney Matt McElroy do not reflect the opinions of Castaneda and company.